Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, welcome back another man for the month. Oh my God, it's a heavy flow. Mark Theobald. Mark is a stand-up comedian, writer, and producer known for The Last OG, Delocated, and the 2019 ESPY Awards. He has been featured on Comic View and The Chappelle Show. You can catch him live as he tours the country with Tracy Morgan. Also, welcome back, Vaughn DiCarlo. Vaughn is originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Vaughn is a New York-bred stand-up comedian, producer, writer, and actress. She has been a featured comedian on HBO's Pause with Sam J. Laugh Mobs, Laugh Tracks on True TV and HBO Max. She was a CNN talking head up for the year-end wrap-up special. She was the first woman and the first comedian to host her own show on the Sirius XM NBA channel. Vaughn DiCarlo is the executive producer of the documentary Killing is Easy on Comedy Central. Her debut comedy album, A Draggable Offense, is available on all major platforms and can be heard on the She's So Funny and Laugh Out Loud radio stations on Sirius XM. Look out for Von DiCarlo in the upcoming rom-com film Switch Up and in the indie film Salesman, currently on Amazon Prime. Good to have you back, Von. Catch me at one of my favorite places in the world, Burlington, Vermont. Yes, Vermont. I love Vermont. I'll be headlining there at the Vermont Comedy Club on March 2nd through the 4th. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us because of you. We make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail or Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast and Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation. Just go to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us. We don't have ads and I get it. It's inflation time. It's tough time. Special shout out to those Patreon friends. It's because of you. We do keep going. And now for our golden friends, you have the option to watch our recordings live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time backstage. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us and be golden. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, TB. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. They're all available. Just go to marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I do go live with assistant Evelyn Frick, my wacky friend Dave Jeskow. We give updates to the show. We shout out fans who leave reviews. We have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by. And sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to. It ain't gone. Get vaccinated. Booster up. And Black Lives Matter. Today I have Von DiCarlo and Marina. Mark Theobald. It's been like years. Yeah. All right. What's going on, Marina? What's up, Von? How you doing? All right. We're here. East Coast of the house. Super fantastic. So good to see both of you. It's great to see you. You're, you do you have a, what kind of Wi-Fi situation do you have going on there? Who, I'm me or curious, Mark? We were talking about subscriptions and monthly fees. My Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. I, I think I have Vaughn was like, why are you asking about my Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with my Wi-Fi? Is the connection not good? 
It's a little, it's, I'm just curious. Yeah, it's a little pixelated. So I was just curious. What kind, do you have Verizon? Cause I just switched to Verizon. I got Verizon. Um, I'm in LA now in the, the, I have Spectrum. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I got rid of Spectrum. It's usually really good. I haven't had any issues. I cursed them out. Spectrum. I only have issues on, on with you, Marina. So I'm gonna say issues. <laughs> no, no, no. We had I had a I had a day with them. I had a day with the brother who was gonna tell me that I was wrong. Oh Lord! Here we go. So I said, "Well, then cancel the whole." Sh-. I said, "Cancel this whole thing," because I don't need you giving me your opinion when I know what I Did know. Did you write a letter first, Marina? You know she wrote a letter. Got to write a letter. I was close to writing a letter, but <laughs> since I was already on the phone, I was just like, what he didn't know was I follow up. Oh, does she follow up? So right after that, I got someone else on the phone and she was like, Miss Franklin, you are absolutely right. So he tried to debate with you when you when you knew what you were talking about. I was like, yeah, that's right. I was like, I appreciate you for understanding. And, and since we're on this conversation, because you know. That he that I told him to cancel everything. I don't want to cancel everything, but you could see the order, so you could trace it back to him and get his ass. Damn, you don't want to mess with Marina Franklin, yo. Customer service, straight up, she'll get you fired out this. You just had one one bad day, and you're like, God damn, I gotta lose my job. Marina Franklin, who is this Marina? I'm the wrong person. They got had to take down their speaker outside that bar that I've been fighting with. Here we go. They have they had an outdoor speaker and okay, you got music on the inside, now you're gonna put it on the outside. <laughs> so the liquor light liquor authority, they called they called me and that was like the best week of my life when they called me. They're like, Miss Franklin, that I just want the best them. week of your life, Marina. <laughs> girl We gotta do I, a girl's trip or something to go on vacation. <laughs> this is pathetic. That's what Marina does. She is. She is. This is the best memory you have of your lifetime. Marina is a black Karen and she loves it. She embraces it. Listen, they said we just wanted to do the Reader's Digest version of what's been going on. And that made me incredibly happy. I was like, oh, I'll break it down for you. I was like, and I may be leaving some things out, actually. But I know I'm I'm getting to the most of the points. And then when I mentioned, I said, and they have an outdoor speaker. She said, oh, they have an outdoor speaker. Can you take a picture of that outdoor speaker? And I said, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm shocked you have one I on file, that- Marina. You're slipping. You should have had like one. Mark, well, one of the funniest what? things I ever learned about Marina, I think it was on this podcast when she told me that she has a noise meter that she took yeah. to the window. Oh, yes. So that's a, that's normal for me. Right no- Where do you even purchase a noise? Amazon. Amazon, Amazon has everything. Something is wrong <laughs> with you. You it's, type it's called- in noise meter <laughs> into Amazon and press pay for this item. Opened it Decibles. up. It was like, I got them now. <laughs> she don't play. I, I get down in the DBs and the DMs. <laughs> well, you have decided that this is your life. This is not my life. I mean, it might be my life for that uh, loud noise and speaker because I need my naps and my sleep. Yes. For real. I, I side with you on the music thing. But Imagine, imagine during the day, 
it's okay if you go to a bar and you're having a good time, but imagine living above one and just randomly like you love Beyonce, but when you're trying to take a nap, <laughs> you don't want to hear that. And her feet off. I need my nap. Uh uh-uh. uh. Ain't no dancing shoes in my nap. Mm-mm. Did you see the preacher in the shade room who was like, y'all can't get down? With Beyonce, if you if you believe yeah. in the Lord, yeah, 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 yeah. I, saw I saw that. I was like, oh, she want. I, find me in the comments. I'm all up in the comment section. I was like, oh, she want to go to the concert so bad. <laughs> <laughs> She's so mad at Beyonce. One thing, I'm a Christian woman. Praise God, covered in the blood. But what I what I tell you about that woman is her judgment is just as big as any sin that she listed. Child, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> she might as well get her bounce on because she's sinning just as harshly as she's judging everybody else. I can't stand people who, Christians who get saved and think all of a sudden that makes them better than thou. No, you're projecting all your insecurities and all the sins that you want to do and probably still doing. You're talking too much. Right. Just go bounce it, church girl. Go bounce it. That's my jam too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she she was her comments was very upsetting, to be honest. I I cannot stand no judgmental people because that moves you away from Christ. Honestly, that moves people away from the church. That makes people not want to come because they're like, I'm just going to go and be judged. Right, right, right. Somebody who you ain't Jesus. Right. She is not Jesus. And you judge it. They found her tweets, too, I think. And yeah, I saw her response to that. She was like, that was. She was like, well, that what was did, back in... What did her tweets say? I'm sorry, I missed that. What did they say? Her tweet was basically listing her all her sins she did before she got saved in 2015. Ah. And her tweets were prior to that. And she used the R word. She was like, all of these retarded tweets was before I got saved. And she's like, I got saved in the shower. And now I know the way... All this stuff. And I was like, girl, the more you talk... The more it sound like you just got off of somebody's penis listening to Beyonce. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. I don't have the tweets in front of me, but if you do, Maria. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, judge pe- uh, church people, uh, not all church people, but some church people can be judgmental. But as uh, my preacher said, you know, people come to church. It's like it's like you saying you can't be sitting in a church, but why do people go to the hospital? You don't go to the hospital if you're well. You go to the hospital if you're sick. So you got to be, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's a work in progress is my point. Uh, so just like Absolutely. just like she was in 2015 or prior to 2015. So she can't. And she is. That's it. Mark, she still and is. And she still That's is. So it's like, what are you, why are you judging? She is. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. And if she knows her Bible like I know mine, all 50 of them throughout my Zen house, if you know your Bible like I know mine, then, honey, you know Jesus used the most broken and the That's most right. sinful. Right. Sure did. So get off I your love, high horse. I love religious Vaughn. Like, because Vaughn, I used to call her on Sundays when she did live in New York and we went for our walks. And she was like, it's you call me during my I'm church time. Don't call me during church. <laughs> I, I have been, I, I'm, yeah, church girl. Church girl. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm very spiritual. I I am a Christian. Hello. Hey, Jesus. Um, Hey, Jesus. (laughs) What's up, Jesus? But I'm also very spiritual. I don't judge other religions. However you get to God is the way. 
You know, I, I'm I'm on a very high spiritual journey right now that that's very inclusive of all human beings. I'm not judgmental at all. And I most certainly don't think that my sins are better than your sins or I, did, I don't do this or I don't do that. That's all a very low, dense way of of portraying others. And it's the exact opposite of Christian life. Right. Mark is pretty, you're pretty religious. Yeah, I do too, go to right? church and uh, I'm a church going person. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with what I was saying, though. So, because it's, uh, you know, sometimes some people get into the church. And I got people like that in my church that are very judge. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's like, all right, slow down. I just got, Those I just got here last week. Calm down. I just got here. I just walked, I just brought my sins to the right, Lord just, 30 minutes ago. I just ago. got in here. Everybody got to any, and I think that's what the, what's wrong. Everybody's got their own walk, individual walk. So you're judging people based off of what you've been through instead of judging what they're going through. You can't judge people by what you've been through. You got to judge them by what they've gone they, And you can't even judge them. You just got it. Everybody got you their own walk. I got my own walk. Bond got your own walk. Marina, you got your own walk. And and some people are like, well, your walk ain't fast enough. Well, it ain't for you. It's for me. <laughs> so so leave me and my walk alone. So you know, I think, exactly. I think you just be encouraging, not discouraging. And that's what I. And the, the the people who judge the harshest have the the deepest hurt and the deepest pain. Most of the time, and I the agree with that. Thing. I agree with that. And it's like, that's why I'm like, this This woman sounds like she's projecting. A, you're projecting a lot because what's in the heart come, cometh out of the mouth, right, right? right? So it's like, let me get the attention off me. Let me. And sometimes we fight our own demons by attacking others. Right, right. That's why I was like, ooh, she want to go to the concert so bad <laughs> that she has to, she has to, exaggerate the sin aspect of it. And I'm not saying that everything that she was saying is not grounded somewhere or absolutely wrong, but it just felt to me like, you know how when you're like, Ooh, I want this cheeseburger right now. And then you start going, eating animals is wrong. And red meat is terrible. It's going to give you a heart attack. You start screaming out everything that's wrong because you want that cheeseburger so bad. I was doing you, that to you're, Colin you're like, Quinn. Hey, Marina, Mark, if you eat that cheeseburger, you're going to have a heart attack before you get home tonight. You're like, wait, what? Because you don't I want just re- You know what, Vaughn? I just realized I had been doing that to Colin Quinn for a whole year about his, his love for wings. But he had just had a heart attack. So I was like, Colin... You can't be eating wings. Meanwhile, I wanted those wings so bad. So two bad. things can be true at one time. Yes, he just had a heart attack. You probably shouldn't eat those wings, but they look good as hell. So let me dig into you. You're going to have a... T- but what you're saying is, I'm going to have a heart attack if I eat those wings. So let me project all my shit onto you and care about you at the same time. Yes. You know, now that we're talking about Beyonce, let's... We, this is the day after the Super Bowl, and what is it, the Chiefs Chiefs won, won yes. Did I get that I right? I, I, and I want some money. <laughs> oh, oh snap, really? I know Keith was happy yesterday. because No, Keith's from he Philly. He don't like, Keith is Eagle. He's from Philly. You don't like the Eagles? He, he, went, he went for the really? Chiefs. Really? What a traitor. Wow. I was shocked. I was shocked as well. I was like, what's going on yeah, here? What did he say? What's this about? What he said was he was happy because he made a lot of money. Oh, I was okay. So what I understand about Keith is he he from Philly, so he's probably an Eagles fan. Like go Eagles! But 
much like myself, I'm a Knicks fan, but I I have perspective. I'm not insane. Right. I know they're not going to win when they're not going <laughs> to no, win. They're not gonna so win. I will bet against my own team right. out of clear perspective. Exactly. So it sounds like he had a clear perspective yes. and won money on the Chiefs, but probably is still a Phillies fan. I'm I'm assuming. I don't know. Yeah, he's used to. He, he was quiet when I asked him. I said because well, he used to be a big Eagles just... fan. I remember Keith was a big Eagles fan, so I, I'm shocked. Oh, Philly people are ridiculous. Ridiculous. When I when I do Philly punchline helium anywhere in Philly, right? As soon as I open my mouth and start with my, I'm from Pittsburgh, but I, boo! <laughs> I'm like no. <laughs> Everybody calm down. I said I was from Pittsburgh. I'm not waving a terrible towel right now. Relax. I'm a basketball fan. And then I go, uh, Sixers suck. Let's go Knicks. And then I get booed again. But that's because I like torture. Yeah, Vaughn, you're big. So what did we think about? Of course, I was just there for the, you know, Sundays I don't leave my house, but they made me. And everyone was like, what? Marina's at, because they had the, Keith had a little Super Bowl party at the cellar. And, and when I said, I, you know, Keith, I'm feeling kind of worn out. He's like, shut up, stupid. Come down. So he forced me to go down there. And then everyone was like, are you okay? <laughs> you're, you're out on a Sunday? Everyone was like, "Is like I'll never forget Monroe. His eyes were so big. I was like, it's all right. I'm, I'm going to be all right. <laughs> Um, but when Rihanna came on, everyone, you know, me, Yamanika, and we're like jamming to Riri. Did you like the performance? I it was Did you fun. like the well, first reveal? Of all, as soon I was like, when I saw, I would say the first couple of minutes into it, I tweeted out, I was like, I'm gonna call it. She's pregnant again. The baby number two is on stage right oh, now. Yeah, I yeah. called it like right yeah, away. They, they, that was a very, very subtle Rihanna performance. I'm not going to say it sucked. I know people are saying it sucked. I'm not going to say it sucked. Oh, people say it sucked. Rihanna, that was very subtle. I thought it was, like, she didn't dance a lot, but I, to me, she was, first of all, she was like 50 feet in the air or however high she was. I was like, don't move, please. And she sat, yeah, but she right. sat. If the wind, I felt blows. bad for her being up there. I was like, get her down on the ground. But she sounded great, so I was like, I, I enjoyed she it. Sounded and great. And she had so many hits, man. Beautiful. I was like, oh, this, this is dope. I, I liked it. So young people, oh, she went dancing. She went to. I was like, man, I don't need her to dance. She sounded good, so I liked it. That. But that's because if, if you know, if you're familiar with Rihanna's performances, you do have that expectation. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I'm like, not. if you imagine, and I, I, I don't want to do the Beyonce Rihanna comparison, but people have a more clear perspective and more familiar with Beyonce's performances because they're more out there. Right. Even though Rihanna's just as solid and famous and all of that. But imagine a Beyonce performance where she's not doing much of her Beyonce-isms. When Beyonce was real big pregnant and she performed, what was it, the Grammys or one of those award shows, she performed Love on Top. And then she revealed Baby Blue in her belly at the end and rubbed her belly. But Beyonce was dropping it to her knees. And I mean, if you look up that Love on Top performance, and she was big pregnant and she was very much well, she in wasn't her 50 Beyonce feet. rhythm of what she normally does when she performs. Right. Now, every, right. bo- every woman's body is different. We all carry different. And I'm a mother and I know pregnancy is not the easiest thing. I'm not. I, I lay down for nine months. I'm not dancing at all. Right. 
But Rihanna was very, very subtle for herself. That's okay. that's why right. people were like, she's not dancing. I liked it, though. Because she is always dancing. I, I thought it was nice. It was a beautiful. I, loved that. I thought it was beautiful. I thought the the visual aspect was yeah, amazing. Yeah, that was good. The way she was lifted at the end, I was like, I was with it. And she got hits, man. She got a lot of hits. I was like, man, she got some hits. She got twenty years. She the, Rihanna's been her um, Pond the Replay. Her first hit came out in like oh five wow. or something. What about Cheryl and her like? I caught that right before I left my house, you know, lift every voice and sing. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I was in the car. I can't say I won't I won't say who it is. Yes. Who I was with because they may not have want me to put out there. And they probably gonna say it on some live because they always on live. And you know probably who I'm talking about who's always snitch, on live. Snitch, 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 <laughs> snitch, snitch, snitch. But it was so funny. They were like, they were like, she doing too much. Come on yeah. now. And why is she wearing red like Riri? Oh damn! I, I like, missed oh, I that. Miss. I was at a um in LA. They have bars that are very specific to the teams. I was at an Eagles bar, and these people were insane. I I'll tell that story in a minute. But I missed the Cheryl Lee performance. But the the opening, the Star Spangled Banner, and all that they they did play that, and I was like, what's with all the ballads? Like it. I'm like, can y'all just... Yeah, just play the like, game, man. Where's the energy? It's too many songs, yo. I was like, they, they, <laughs> did, they, they did the Black National Anthem, God Bless America, the National... I was like, yo, how many songs we doing? You understand what I'm saying? And, and Shirley Ralph, I get it, man. She's been ignored for uh, quite a while in the business. Yeah. And uh, But she's kind of doing a she tour is. of that. She's like everything... Every time she gets an award, she's singing... <laughs> She's defiant. It's like, we get it. We, you gonna see me for it. We get it, <laughs> Shirley Ralph. She keeps breaking out yeah, the Negro like, We get it. We get it, Mark. We get it, Mark. Black. We get it, and we might be a little over it, but if it was you, <laughs> she, if, it, if I was Shirley Ralph, I would be on the You Gonna See Me Too tour Yeah, but as here's well. the thing, though. She keeps going with these old Negro spirituals, and, and she's showing her age. It's like, yo, how old is she? You know, white people are starting to Google it. Like, wait a minute. That's an old spiritual oh, right there. Look, is she 107? Shirley Ralph been around a long time. A long time. I think time. she did the first Dream Girls on Broadway. She did. She don't, we don't have to, she don't have to sing old Negro spirituals for us to know I'm, she is. I'm just saying, the white general public thinks she's about 47. Now they know she's 105 years old. They know. They know. She was keeping it under wraps. But now it's out. Those old Negro spirituals are revealing her age. It's all upset. I'm going to need you to not make her the same age as Harriet. I'm just saying. What? You said she was born in 1622. Mark, you used to do this joke that I always think about (laughs) of with um, the actress that she would always do the same. Oh, Cicely Tyson. Cicely Tyson. Cicely Tyson. Can you tell them that joke? (laughs) I used to, I'm a big fan of watching old black movies and spirituals. And uh, Cicely Tyson, in my mind, has been in every civil rights and black movie ever met. She was in Roots. She played Harriet Tubman. She played Miss Jane Pittman. She was in Sounder. She was, she's like typecast as a civil rights. And I felt that she couldn't get any other role because if they didn't see her as a civil rights person, she couldn't do it. And I think my joke was like, 
at the time, or they tried to put in Lethal Weapon 4, and they just could every time they, they were like, action! <laughs> she was like, well, what we gonna do to cut? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing, Miss Tyson? <laughs> this, is, this isn't slavery anymore. What are we doing? <laughs> it's all I know. That's, that's what she always, all I, I know. That's, that's all I know. All I know. That's all I know. And she, I actually met her. I got to meet her, and I'm a big fan of hers. And, oh, wow. and it was at a comedy show at Amy Roos, I believe it was. And the guy asked me, wow. said, dude, are you going to do the job? I said, I'm never disrespecting because I love, I have so much. I gave her a hug, and um, it was really nice to meet her. She was really cool. Oh, That's no, the- wait. So you didn't do the No, joke? not in front of her, no. But I, I just felt it would be disrespectful. Okay, so... so- that's the maturity Man. of a comic, by yeah. the way. It, right there. It, that is. However, I would tell it to her personally, to... but I, I didn't want to do it in front of a public space. You understand what I'm saying? If that makes sense. So, right. So when Michael Jackson went to go perform for Princess Diana, he didn't do Dirty Diana. And she was like, that's my favorite. Right, 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 right. And he was like, I didn't want to be this. Right. That's the same with me. I didn't know how she would take it. So I, I just I just said, you know what? I got other jokes. Right. I don't need to do it. So, I, But sometimes maybe we should do a little check in. Because I know. I, I, she, she may have loved that. That's true. That's, she may have there loved There was a it. part of me that was like, that's I not a distasteful. <laughs> That's not a distasteful joke. That's, I don't think she it probably, is. Probably because she probably would have laughed at that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah she or smack um, you in the face. I would have been there for both. <laughs> I'm here for both. <laughs> so now that we're we're on fire in conversation, uh-huh. <laughs> my segue. Uh, we're gonna get into some hot topics. All right, hot topics. Let's so go. What we got. I, let's start with the first one. I think this is just gonna. You know, because this will come out next week, even though we talked about the Super Bowl, which next week everyone's going to be, I guess, somewhat over the Super Bowl. Maybe not really. But this article, I think, will be in the zeitgeist for a while about childbirth is deadlier for uh, black families, even when they're rich and expansive studies finding this. Now, of course, I always talk to my uncle about these studies. He's always very like. Why do they always, you know, you got to be careful of the studies. You got to wonder, like, how it's being addressed. This article, it seems like this study is unique, however, they say, because it's the first of its size to show how the risks of childbirth vary by both race and parental income and how black families, regardless of their socioeconomic status, are disproportionately affected. The research also shows that premature infants born to poor parents are more likely to die than those of rich families. The one group, however, that does not gain protection by being rich is black (laughs) mothers and babies. Did you get a chance to read the article? I didn't get a chance to read the article, but I I I know about that for years. So that's been that's been going around for years. It's just like it's almost uh it's weird. It's like it's like it's almost like uh there's an explanation for I need I know it even comes down to I follow a guy on Instagram, I can't remember his name, but he's in the medical field. But he talks about all these studies where black people are disproportionately not given the same tests aren't given the same health care, aren't given, it, it's just weird. And it's almost like, well, you're black, you're used to pain, you're fine. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's almost a psychological thing. Like, 
You're tougher. Your skin. Serena Williams spoke on that exact thing when yes, she went through Serena her pregnancy because she was very sick and and could have lost her life, et cetera, et cetera. And the assumption, especially not just because she a black woman, but she is an athlete, athlete at the top of her you game. Gotta be strong. Come so on. the assumption is, oh, cheetah, she she's she's not going to experience pain like a regular woman. Right. And it's like, um, no. Incorrect. I, I think that there's a lack of empathy towards black women um, that's ingrained in our society. We all know where it comes from. We know where it stems from. It's been talked about a million times over. I don't even think we need research anymore at this point. The question is, when are we going to stop talking about the same stuff and find solutions right. into a better place for all people? You know, especially black women, black people. We know where it comes from. We know it exists. Right. What is the solution? Right. I, I, How do we yeah. do we have to walk in and say, hey, so, I know you think I don't experience pain the way you do, but make sure you give me all my tests. And then that doctor goes, oh, I was going to give you all the tests, not me. That's everybody else. Right. You know, it's a hamster wheel. And I don't know how, as a society, we get out of this hamster wheel. Yeah, it's, it's it got to be interesting. I remember a friend of mine, I think her name, Casey. She, I worked with her on the last little, gee, she's an actress. But she's married to a, a white husband. She had a problem with her doctor. And it took, the doctor wouldn't listen to her. But as soon as her husband stepped in as a white male, eh, they were like, oh, okay, we got to do, because he, he put his foot down like, no, 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 no. But she said this, this is what she wants. You got to do something, period. And they finally did something, which was, um, it's just, it seems like we're not taken as serious um, and it's, oh, you could you could take you could take that you could leave the race in that, and you could also take the race out of that when a man steps in and says anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree, I, I agree. So, so some of that is sexist as well. So, um, uh, but yes, it's, it's, it's a double down with black the women. Reactions, however, down. let me tell you, I went to the comment section of this article. Now, this article was written by it was New York Times by Claire Kane Miller, Sarah Cliff. And Larry Buchanan, this is where the findings were put into the New York Times. I went to the comment section and yesterday, yesterday, because the article just, I believe, came out, there was tons of comments from, I believe they were, they had to be from white people saying things like, why do we have to factor in race when, why, I mean, let's, you know, black women are, are basically they were saying fat. Black women are, have diabetes. Black women, um, they have more asthma. But they weren't, they, and they were so focused on <laughs> the size. On the, uh, I mean, it was crazy. And then today I went to the comment section. I mean, black people took over oh. the comment okay. section. And one person wrote um, from a Skip Lacaz commented saying, many, many readers are asking more information before accepting that the data referred to this article means anything at all or that either the scientists involved or the New York Times has interpreted anything correctly. It seems to me that most of these comments are made by readers who are unwilling to accept that 400 years of slavery, Jim Crow and discriminatory restrictions on housing, education, sanitation and access to health care could still be affecting African-Americans negatively in any way at all. This study certainly reinforces two outcomes we've seen many times before. American medicine is inferior to that of other affluent countries and outcomes for black Americans are infer inferior to those 
for white Americans. It also looks like it shows that black mothers and newborns suffer in comparison to whites. Total first-year deaths of newborns and mothers may be too low to meaningfully split off the smaller samples demanded by naysayers, such as zip codes or income levels and residential areas of grandparents. But I do think that some really meaningful things could be teased out of such a huge uh, data set. So, I mean, I just say that to say, like, this is why you can't really, like, when we talk about legislation and when we talk about redlining and all these things, this is why they, when someone says, well, I'm not like my grandfather. I had nothing to do with slavery. You go, well, this is it right here. Yeah, mentality trickles down. And I find, I find it so ironic that those people in the comment section was like, why bring race into it? And then gave a whole list of things that black women have and are. And it's like yeah. the lack of self-awareness that people have of what's coming out their mouths is astounding. Yeah, it is. Welcome to America. <laughs> this is now, Vaughn. Did you go on. through that? Like when you were, when you were, uh, you know, did you do you remember having that? It was a long time ago, but do you remember having a difficult time with childbirth and, and happy dealing with doctors? Happy birthday to my daughter, by the way. Hey, oh birthday. my God! Happy birthday! Yes, yeah, she she is twenty four oh yesterday, February twelfth. Her happy she was birthday. due on February 14th, Valentine's Day, but she came early. Okay. Um, I do remember experiencing a lot of pain, Um, but I don't, I don't know that I didn't get the right treatment. My daughter came out fine. I was fine. Um, I do remember having this superwoman mentality, like I don't need drugs. I'm going to do this natural. And then it hit me. I was like, go on and shoot me in the back right now with the epidural. That's right. Let's go. <laughs> um, so again, it was, it was 24 years ago. I, I can't say that I had um, any of those experiences where I felt like I wasn't treated well, but I will say that I didn't have a lot of complications mm that a lot of other mothers have when they're pregnant and going through pregnancy and that my term, my pregnancy was fine. I was really big. I was stretched out. It was heavy on me and I was always tired and hungry. But as far as complications, I didn't have a lot of complications to treat. And she came out, I I think my labor was like no more than six hours. It's like, let's go. Yeah. I, I did feel like the, the way, um, this, this might be like TMI, but um, yeah, I don't know if I want to share that, but there was a procedure okay. that had to happen down there um, and the doctor had to do it really quickly, snip, snip, to open me up a little bit more, oh, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And I was like, I saw the surgical scissors and I, I had read everything, so I knew what was about to happen. And I was like, wait, 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 don't do it. She's like, I do this now? Or she split you open and they were stitching all over the place. If I do a clean cut, you'll be good. So I let that happen. And then the next morning, not my doctor, which was a female, a very nice lady, a male doctor, they check you in the morning. He came in. Now all the the numbing medication is worn off. I'm in regular AF pain. 
and I turned over and he was like, I have to examine you. And he shoved his hand. I He shoved his hands in me. I was like, Aah! I screamed so hard. I was like, that was the most insensitive thing that ever happened to me in my life. You do know the pain medication is gone. I, I'm feeling everything right now. Everything's on fire. <sighs> And, and that was the worst part of the experience that next morning. That was a male doctor. He was white. I didn't read much into it at the time because five minutes back. later, they were like, baby's here. Give her your boob. You know, right. when you become a mother, you become just this object of a milk pumping machine that's taking care of the baby and nobody cares about your pain. But in, in, in hindsight, looking at it and talking about yeah. it in this context, that would be the one experience of my whole pregnancy that was that insensitive insensitivity yes. to my p- possible pain that he didn't consider at all. Yeah, I got it. You're so funny, Vaughn. You tell that story. But now that I think about it, uh, my wife, when she was pregnant, Nancy, um, she had a UTI and which can, uh, you know, could you could lose the baby over. And her doctor did not know because she wasn't bringing the checkups. And we had to go to the emergency room. I thought I was going to, we thought we was going to lose the baby. And she ended up because of that, she switched to another, to a doctor who was a black female. And she was like, nah, she should have been doing this. She told us all the things that the doctor did wrong. And she was on my wife every week we had to go in. And the other doctor who was not a black female, uh, was like, you know, he comes come in every couple weeks, whenever. And this doctor was like, no, you're supposed to be here every week. Let me make sure. And, you know, I got my son because of that. So, um, and we changed doctors wow. and it, that was, uh, that was pivotal for, for us. And a friend of hers had the same thing happen and she lost her baby. She had a UTI and lost the baby. Oh, wow. wow. So, so well, the solution, Vaughn, just so you like, is it just the insensitivity, insensitivity to our race and people just don't care and they're not doing all the right. Yeah, tests? Man, it's, it's, or it's psych- do you investigate that doctor and go, this is an incompetent doctor and they do this to everybody. I don't. And they shouldn't have their license. Yeah. Like it, it gets. So well, but they're so protected. That's yeah, they are protected. The thing I, I think I told you, Vaughn, about that experience I had with the, the doctor when I went in for checkup. Remember, and she said I gained weight. She was like, she's telling me how much uh, you could be eating too much vegetables. And I was like, and I, by the way, like I gained weight now, but then I hadn't. And I was like, why are you talking about this? This is not, I'm here for a breast exam. I'm not here for you to I tell me that. I'm fat. And I hadn't gained that much weight. And I was like, and this is after the pandemic. And I was, I left there crying. And I called, I tried, you know me, I try to report, you know, I've, right, I'm good right, yeah, too. You are. And I could, I could not get through the wall that was protecting this woman. Yeah. That's, that's a hard thing oh, to do okay. with, them, with doctors too. That's like you said, Marina, it's a whole, there's a whole, there's a wall protecting them. Now you talked about solutions, Vaughn. I would say the one thing when I talked to my uncle, who's in internal medicine about this, is that you definitely need more black doctors. Absolutely. You need yes. more black black doctors in the fields. You you know, um I always search for black doc when I went to get my um my lumpectomy, I made sure even though I was at a city hospital which was a stressful thing to do cuz city hospitals take forever because they have emergencies coming in. So you and I used to sit there for 8 hours waiting to just get regular, like small things done. 
And, but I did that because she was a black surgeon. She was one of the only black surgeons dealing with breast cancer. And I do not regret the wait time that I spent because she took extra care and she would always go, why are they telling you that? So I would say to anyone who's listening, do that research, find a doctor. And even if it is a black doctor, make sure that doc hold them accountable right. too. you know, like, but make sure. Cause I think a lot of times when we're dealing with pregnancy and things like that, and it's really fast also take someone in the room with you that can listen for you as well, because we're trauma listening. That's what I call it. Where it's like, you don't, you're not grasping all of the information that's being thrown at you. So if you have someone else in the room with you, that can help. Yeah. That's um, smart. That's, that's a, that's a great idea. So somebody advocate for it. And you had mentioned before, like Marina, like recording and listening to the conversation later and seeing if you missed anything, you know, asking the doctor or listening back um, to the conversation if if they were had good bedside manner, if they were yeah. answering your questions or not. Or Absolutely. There were things that I thought I was listening to. Because I was recording and I would listen to it later. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even hear that they said this. This is super important. And so I changed doctors from that oh, recording. Wow. So there's things that black women can do to protect themselves. And I think this one of the comments I noticed, and I'm assuming it was from a doctor in the comment section, was that these articles cause black women to come in with a sort of defensive tone. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. You know, it, exactly. it puts you in a position to start asking questions that's going to then put that doctor possibly in defensive mode. Like, no, that's not me. That's everybody else. I'm actually a good doctor. You know, and then there's here we are with the hamster wheels, like two human beings sitting at a table that, that need something. And all they're doing is putting up a wall and it's aggressive from the gate. Like, how do you how do you get good treatment? You know what I mean? How, how does this happen? What what is the solution? Now, since we're on this this path of solutions, I love that you you bring that up, Vaughn, because I always try to focus that with the podcast is that we we talk about these very, you know, trying times and traumatic things. What's but the what's solution? the solution? And this uh, this story about um, this Black History Month spotlight on new era Detroit is unapologetically turning the protection of black people into a lifestyle. Hours before the start of Black History Month, it went viral. New Era Detroit, the nonprofit initiative, The Street is Watching, received praise when the video showed black male volunteers ensuring the safety of black women by escorting them after dark. That includes oh, yeah, I saw that. leaving work, loading groceries. You saw that. So what was your, um, Vaughn, I'll go to you. What was your, when you don't saw that? Don't go to me, y'all. Don't go to me. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll go to Mark. Well, I thought, it, I, black yeah, I thought it, was, uh, it was old school. Very, uh, you know what I'm saying? Black Panthers, where the Black Panthers were, they, they started, they, they initially was, is it was just to help the community around them, you know, to help protect the women and the children around them and to educate and to feed them lunch programs. I mean, so it's very much rooted in what we did back in the sixties. Um, and it's now just, it's modernized, you know what I'm saying? And I think it's needed because you got, if you got these guys protecting um, these women at the gas stations, like I saw in the news, I saw it at the gas station, 
And then we have less interactions with the police and more interactions with each other as a community. We get to know each other's community. And I, I think we'll, we'll have less problems at, at, as a community because of it. So I think it's, it's great. It's power to the people. It's very Black Panther, Pantherish. Um, and I, I, lo- I love it. I love it. I think it's cool. I think we should do that everywhere. So I absolutely adored it. In the same aspect and context of what Mark is speaking of. But then my woman brain was like, well, who going to monitor the monitors of the monitors? What, who is this dude? What? Now you know where I live. <laughs> Why are you trying to talk to me? Why are you cat calling me and carrying my, my groceries? Cut it out. <laughs> One step at a time, Vaughn. One step, One step at, at a time. time. At least you One got home safe. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yes. A little One bit of harassment, of but you're home safely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, this is great. But then I was like, oh, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> well, why do you think this story came out now? They, they've said they've been doing this for well over eight years. Really? And yeah, it says, though this might have been a first impression of the organization for many people, its co-founder and president, Zeke Williams, says New Era is a household name. In Detroit, it took eight years for the world to kind of see some of the things we're doing out in our community. What do you think now? And I, I, I kind of, I know the answer. Uh, Black History Month. You want to hear my uh, answer? Black, go ahead. What you got? Because what is, because we've been so divided and I feel like we've been attacking black men, even on this show. Like I always go, why do they protect black women? <laughs> And I think, and we, we know a comedian who often, and she'll go, black men, black men don't protect us. It ain't me. Black men. I, I protect black men. I'm always, I, yeah. It's very rare you'll ever hear me um, go the road of men ain't ish. I don't believe that. I think there's a lot of bad, you know, F boys out there. But for the most part, I, I have hope that there are good men and that I'll meet one and he'll be my husband someday. You, you know, I, I, I will not, I, re, I know too many good, good men, good black men that are married, that take care of their family, that do the right thing as best as they can the whole nine for me to go men ain't ish. So I'm glad in that aspect that this is coming out. And I, I do think that the good guys do need some protection. I think that LeBron James is at the, the, at the epitome of a good black man and they find everything to try to tear him down. Right. They, they posted a picture of him and this little really in shape white girl. They were dragging that around the shade room and all of these different social media platforms. How about Savannah going to, we need to understand. He he got some explaining to do to Savannah. I'm like, that's a selfie that he took for a commercial that he did with this woman. Right. They try to find anything to tear that black man down, and you really can't find nothing wrong. No no crap on LeBron. <laughs> so yes, black men that do the right thing need protected. Amen to that. All right. Go ahead, Mom. Yeah, Mark, you a pretty good black yeah, man. I'm all right. I'm all right. You know what I'm saying? I'll be hanging in there. You know what I'm saying? When I said I know bl- black men and do the right thing, Mark, I was you were one of the ones that I was well, thinking. Thank of. you. I appreciate it. I I don't think I'm a I don't think I'm a unicorn, like you said. I think there's lots of men out there that's doing the right thing. And I, right. they just don't get publicity for whatever reason that may be. Doesn't serve a narrative that's uh it's that's in this yeah. country sometimes. So it's it's one of the comments that was coming back, by the way, in that other article about uh, black mothers and the 
disparity of our care was the comments were like, well, maybe. And and we've had that in our in on our Instagram page where we had Christina Greer, a video of her talking about if you deal with education on the front end instead of the back end, you won't have to deal with all of these problems. And when I tell you it went viral, her video, but it went viral because so many trolls were in there t- attacking her and going, well, maybe you just need a father figure. Maybe, maybe you ha- need, maybe m- more present dads in your household should be the priority on the front end. And same thing with this conversation about the disparity, you know, with care. They were like, well, maybe you should focus in on having a father in your house. And I'm just like, where did this become these trolls talking points? Like all of a sudden they, they love, that's why I like, I'm so glad I think a lot of the young comics have dropped those jokes about not having a daddy at home, but it's, it's amazing that this is what they pull up whenever you try to discuss um, healthcare or helping the community out, that this is the argument that they throw back at us. Well, you ain't got a daddy at home. Why is that though? Nobody wants to answer that one. <laughs> why, which why don't I have a daddy at home? Why why right. why are so yeah. many black men in prison for weed when they're selling it legal right now in America? Why is that? Why were why were so many people in three strikes you're out, which was by the way, brought up by Biden, uh and so many men were put into prison, three strikes out for like twenty something years. It's like and it was mostly black people. I mean, black people. And the welfare program was set up that if you want help you, you, and you had a man in the house, you couldn't get it. Let's yeah. not leave that out. That's either. what the whole movie Claudine was about. My mother and father were married, but they we had to say they they we they, weren't there huh? or we want to have food. We would not have had food. That's crazy. That's insane. So it's. And I think about slavery. I think about <clears throat> Uh, it's so funny that they forgot what they actually caused. Yeah, that's that's the, the part that, that 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 cracks you up. It's like it's like uh, they don't want to go into that history at all. Whenever because slavery goes, oh, it wasn't us. I'm not I'm not not doing it. But you're benefiting from the offshoots of that. And don't not only that. Think about what what kind of traumatic stress that's had on black people in this country, and not only black people, white people too. Because you could see this the traumatic stress it has on. Because y'all don't even want to acknowledge it anymore. That's to me, that's something mentally wrong with you. If you can't acknowledge it, this, uh, that you can't say that right. slavery has had an effect on who we are today and how this country is today. It's something wrong with you. You can't admit that. It's like it's like you can't admit that. But you can go to therapy and talk about your mom for five hours. though. But you can't think that being enslaved for over 300 years could have some kind of traumatic effect. On not only black people, but white people in this country. Uh, Well, you're asking a lot of people who are arrogant and not aware, like they have no self-awareness and they're projecting everything outwardly to look inward. And that's denial. And I just think that's part of the mental illness. It's denial. But like part of the the denial is to, to accept things that are true and not be in denial. You have to first go, okay, let me look inward. It's like alcohol, right? Like, uh, um, alcoholic. It's like, oh, I have one, two, maybe two drinks. Now I'm an alcoholic. Yes, five heartbeats. You are a mess, Eddie <laughs> Kane. You're a mess. But it's not until Eddie Kane 
looked inward and said, you know what? I am a mess. And now he's singing a song at the end of the five heartbeats, making everybody cry. People have to look inward. And until they do that, they're just going to be projecting outward. That's right. Now back to another solution. Rep Barbara Lee is expected to launch her Senate campaign this month. There are currently no black women in the U.S. Senate. So here it is. But Representative Barbara Lee may change that. Representative Lee is expected to launch her campaign for Senator Dianne Feinstein's by the end of the month and is allegedly timed to match up with, right now, Black History Month. The race for the seat has already begun, despite the fact that Senator Feinstein has not formally announced whether she'll run again in 2024. Calls for the 89-year-old senator to step down increased due to concerns for her cognitive health. And California representatives Adam Schiff and Katie Porter have already announced that they will be running for the seat. So, and Nancy Pelosi, by the way, endorsed Rep. Schiff for the Senate earlier this month. So this is going to be a tough race um, for Lee. What are, what are we thinking? Now, you're in California, Vaughn. Are you... Are you aware of their politics since you're new to not much. living there? I'm just, you know, I, I'm first of all, I'm not super deep into politics, so it's not like I know everybody's history. Which the first thing I'm, I, I do need to know more about her and everybody, because um, we all have to make solid, good decisions when we're casting our votes. But one of the things I, I want to do, you, I don't, I don't know much about Barbara Lee. I feel like I don't know much. No. Okay. So one of the things we have to be careful of as black people also is just looking at a complexion and going, oh, this this is fine. I'm just going to vote for the complexion. Right, right, right. Uh, that, the, imagine if if we don't know the, the background history of Candace Owens and we see that she's, oh, the black woman got my vote and then Candace Owens is in power. You feel what right, I'm saying? Right. I'm not accusing Barbara Lee of anything. I, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that she's you know, on the right hand, black hand side, you know what I'm saying? But I I think we have to be careful of our own, um, our own eyes making decisions for us based on just, oh, she's black. So, or he's black. So let me just do this. I get it. I get it. In the article, it does say, but we got to look deeper into everybody. It says in the article that her decades long experience in politics fighting for reproductive, economic and racial justice issues, coupled with the fact that she would be the only black woman in the Senate if she won, made her campaign compelling. Amen. So there you got my vote. I'm not even in California. I'm going to go sneak in California. (laughs) Barbara Lee got my vote because of one sentence that Marina read and she black. There you go. Now, on the flip side, Idris Elba says he no longer describes himself as a black actor as it put him in right. a box. Luther Star, Idris. I agree with him. I agree with him on that. Uh, I don't think white actors have to say I'm white actors. So why should he have to say I'm a black actor? I'm an actor. You know what I'm saying? That's what I am. So I don't I have no problem with what he said. I don't think anybody should. He's, he's I, an actor. I agree. I agree. And I'm also saying. Um, why the man getting credit for say, speaking out on that? And Nia Long was the first person to say. Oh, was she really? 
Was she? Yeah, Nia Long recently, um, before I knew about the, I, I don't know timelines, but before I heard about the Idris thing, and he's not American, he black, but he's not American. But Nia Long said, um, put calling our films black films, that she's no longer going to do that anymore because it it puts us in a box that we shouldn't be right. in. Not necessarily. I'm saying it. I'm not. I'm not quoting her properly. But she had the same sentiment behind it. Like white films don't have to say we white films. Why do we constantly have to say this is a black film, a black film, a right, black right. film? She said she was going to stop doing that. And then I started hearing about um, Sir Idris. But okay. We it, we is always he hear male wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. voices he's louder. He's a knight. He's Sir Idris. <laughs> is he been knighted? Sir, Sir Idris. Idris. Isn't he from somewhere where they say Sir and shit? No, he's from know. England. He is, but I'm just saying I don't know if he was knighted. Yeah. Is he knighted? Sire is it, should I say Sire? Should I say Sire or Sir? Sir right. yeah, he's he's a good DJ too. I heard he's a very good DJ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he does house music, but he's not my favorite yeah. DJ. But he looks good. He used to work at Caroline's. At the, at the door. Yeah, yeah he's, that's he's right. A very attractive <laughs> DJ. But, you know, he, I will say this, like, I do find it interesting that Idris has to say it and Dwayne Johnson does not have to talk about it at all. It's never been brought to his, you know, yeah. The Rock. We've that's talked about this before. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Rock, the Rock has never had to, I don't, I don't, think i could be wrong but i haven't seen articles mm. where the rock has had to talk about nah, not at all well you know what the rock came into the film industry already a, a superstar so i'm wondering if the rock started his career just as an actor and became a superstar off of acting if it would have been like black film black film black film the rock is already a celebrity superstar famous person coming into film like you cannot overlook and uh, the the fact that the wwe which used to be wwf um did not catapult his his career Absolutely. into a particular place in a crossover effect you you, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? yeah yeah but i do wonder if i do wonder if he has intentionally not brought up race because it would detract from what he is as a celebrity today, because I don't think white people think of him as black on appearance alone. I think they, they don't, I, this is the, where I'm going. I don't think white people want to think of him as being black. And that's the problem I have. Um, I, I would, I would have liked to have been more prepared because I would dig it up and find it. But the rock do talk about him being black. He, he, does, he does not. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I don't think white people hear it. No. I guess <laughs> yeah, my the, point um, is Young Rock, Young Rock, his show Young Rock on I think it was NBC, NBC yeah, or whatever, yeah. which I I absolutely adore. I love, if you're a, a a rock fan or a wrestling fan like myself, <laughs> you will love that show and Rock talks about his whole history in that and his family and stuff. Yeah, he's he doesn't shy away from his blackness at all. So yeah. I, I can't I, I can't I didn't pull it all up and I don't have all the receipts in front of me. Mm -hmm. But the Rock does not put himself out there like he's not a black man. Yeah, I, I think white people I think that is the one thing I would say why it would be important to sort of make an emphasis on being black only because I think. Um, it's interesting how some white people would prefer you not to talk about it. That's the only thing 
Um, so I'm, while right. I understand, I know he's black because he, he he did a Tyler Perry movie. So and I let know me he's tell black. you something. Oh, he did a Tyler Perry movie. He did a. Oh and well, then he checked the box. How do I get married too? He, he was <laughs> yeah, at the end. and let me just say this too, as a as a very high yellow <laughs> black woman, and I, I'm slightly insulted when people go biracial black. As a black woman, but biracial black woman, let me tell you who's never confused about my blackness. It's never on the table for white people. White people know the rock is black. Oh, okay, they know it. The only people that question my blackness be my own people. Don't get me on my soapbox. Don't get me on my soapbox. The Rock does talk about his blackness. He does not try to act like he's not. He he's not that one. He's and and by the way, Black Adam. Shout out to Mo Ammer. He killed that. Oh, yeah, he's good at it. He was good at it. Yeah, Mo was great. I so when love I saw Mo him. pop up, I would first of all, Black Adam was great. the first movie I saw in a theater since since. COVID. I forgot you could go to the movies. And I went to the movies out here in LA to see Black Adam. I love The Rock. And I was like, this is going to be my great first back into the movie theater. And I'm sitting there and the the car pulls up and I was like, that looks like Mo. And I was like, so proud. And I was like, oh, too bad. He's probably going to die soon. Because, you know, I'm thinking it's just a quick appearance. He got a quick part. (laughs) He's a whole lead. Yeah, yeah, no, and not only did, not only is Mo like a whole lead, his kid did so well. That character is so fun Love that I fully expect to see him in the sequel. Like the sequel, the Black Adam sequel wouldn't even be right without Mo's character. Yeah, no, so shout out to Mo. That I was so Oh, proud. I loved it too. Yeah, I was and so proud. And I was proud. so happy and he I... made it without getting killed in the, <laughs> the first Unfortunately, scene. they're not going to continue this. Yeah, are uh, they definitely um, not going to continue it? Yeah, that's what they announced. They said that's they were going to continue That's crazy. Yeah. Are you kidding me? What happened? No, I'm not. Um, I forget. It's one of those things that I follow because I want I follow the stock so yeah, hard. DC, DC's uh, been cutting it, everything. Man. They, they yeah, cut they've been Wonder cutting Woman, everything. They everybody, it's yeah. They are it's on, a fool because when I tell you if if Black Adam was their film to compete really with Marvel films, this was the one. I would if they said to me in that movie theater. We're going to play the sequel now. I would have spent the fucking night. Sorry. <laughs> I would have spent, I would have stayed in the movie theater for another two and a half hours to watch the film. That's how good yeah, it they, was. they are. They're not doing it. That's so, shocking and disappointing. Even with the I'm rock, sorry. they're not doing it. They're like, eh, I don't think so. Uh, now I could be wrong, it's but because I because the I rock is the black. <laughs> they know he's black. <laughs> Full circle. Full, Full circle. circle. See if they come around. I told you the only <laughs> white people know the rock is black. They said, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Now, I love this article that the black history of mapping racism. This is one of my new young assistants. Ari, um, she goes to Brown, oh, Brown University. Um, okay. bla- the Black History of Mapping Racism in the United States. The article explores how cartography, the practice of creating maps, has historically been used in different communities to help fight racism and inequality throughout history. The Black Panthers, as we discussed, known for their message of black empowerment and community survival, even utilize map mapping, map making 
as a proposal to address political inequality in their neighborhoods. Maps are also subjective since map makers decide what to include. Past long-lasting harmful examples of map making include the creation of redlining, which contributed to house discrimination and effects are still seen today, and exclusionary maps which have misrepresented and harmed minority groups. Now, uh, but most have, you know, moved to digital to continue to inform. So there's counter mapping, which this article is really good. If you haven't read it, read it again. I'm going to read it thoroughly again because it's really interesting. The counter mapping continues to this day that move digital to continue to inform a current map created by activists in mapping police violence mm. to communicate the urgency of the problem. So like when we talk about police brutality, if you know where most of the police violence is, then community organizations like the one in Detroit can then focus in right. on it. It's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, a, it's, it's very active, proactive. That's great. So it's like, you know, what, do you focus it on maps? I mean, I'm, I've never looked at a map. Someone gave me a map this week and I said, get that on my face. Because I, I just can't, like, if I'm in a car and someone wants directions and they should. I remember Bill Burr once, years ago, we were going to a college and he gave me a map to help him navigate. <laughs> and he said, are you even reading that? You look like you're just looking at the colors. <laughs> and I was like, I've never really thought about like focusing on maps as far as like for myself, strategically, like where I want to move, where I want to think about like raising children. Do you ever look at maps in this way? So uh, here's the thing. Two things can be true at one time and that's most of life, right? It, nothing is just rigid on one side. It's, it's life is this whole gray area. So while I think the counter counter mapping sounds great and identifying where are we having the most issues and let's target that. I think it's, it, that's great. I don't want to trash that. But at the same time, I'm like, we spent all this time creating a map. Just do a whole full overhaul of the entire American system of things so that it trickles down from the top of the authority all the way down to the bottom in in policing it, it because what happens if, if we're just focused oh it's it's mostly in this area and then this area over here that wasn't even on the map pops up next year with 10 brutal beatings and three killings within a police department then what well we weren't we weren't healing this part of the country we were healing this part of the country it's across the board it's across the board. And we know that because America is a huge place and all the effects, all the systemic racism, the effects from slavery, all of that happens in every part of this country. Just because it's happening somewhere more than the other doesn't mean it's not a problem. So how what's the solution in just a blanket figuring this crap out, not just spending all this time creating this map with all these colors and then focusing on these areas and acting like, well, such and such part of USA wasn't on the map. So we're good over here. You're probably not. You just haven't been caught yet. Right. I think mapping is just, I mean, it's been happening since the beginning of time. And I mean, mapping was done. Green Book, the movie was about basically mapping or 
to navigate our way through. Uh, you go back to Harriet Tubman. She was mapping ways to go to bring slaves up to, up north to to North New York and to Canada for freedom. So I mean, it's just a, it's just a progression of what we're doing. So I don't have a problem with it. I just think it, it can't be a. It's got to be like on an app or something because otherwise we ain't gonna look at it. So you got you got to modernize it. That's yes, all I'm that's saying. That's right. Get some business. Yes, get some ads right. in there. Just, just plug it right into that's Google. That's what I'm Maps. saying. Put it in a map. Oh, that's all I'm saying. So when you put your navigation in, it pops up. Don't yeah, don't don't drive don't this place while black. <laughs> yeah, don't go over there. You will get pulled over. It's also. It's also a good way, a strategy for politicians like local, like communities and like specifically like in Harlem. If you can show where they're not receiving um, good air or where they're putting most of injection sites, where they're putting more truck stops, if you can pinpoint that it's happening more in an area of marginalized groups, then you can you have the facts and you can point right. that out and say, this is the thing that we need to address that in New York city, Harlem and you know, was a dumping ground for most things that they wouldn't do below 110th street. You know, I love seeing right now, they have a group that's going around collecting garbage on the streets of Harlem. Because if you, I, I remember taking a car up from, the cellar and you go through most of Manhattan and you go through Madison Avenue, you go all the way up, you know, 59th street to 110th and you'll see, wow, these streets look clean. There's no uh, garbage cans like knocked over. There's no garbage on the streets. That's intentional. So I love seeing what I'm seeing now. I'm seeing like groups coming out and collecting garbage I don't know who's, I think that's my councilwoman, Kristen, Kristen Jordan, who I love, who I go to the Monday, I go to the community meetings on Mondays and I talk with them and we talk about how we can protect and clean up these streets, really, you know, um, and like I, I've said before on here, you know, they tried to put up a high rise when they didn't get their way because it wasn't affordable for everyone. They decided to place, make it a truck stop. Yeah, which is going to be creating more asthma, right. Harlem. So I love that she's shining light on this. I love that more people are getting involved. I love the community getting together. So I, because I think what happens is overall, like the bigger, the whole world becomes overwhelming for some people. So when sometimes you look at just what's happening on your neighborhood and your block and you see there are people working on solutions, it feels less overwhelming and you go oh okay there there are groups getting right. it done so that's good that's good um i love that emmett till and then we'll get out relatives lawsuit seeks to serve white woman's arrest oh, warrant. Wow. i can't believe yeah, she's still alive a she relative she is still alive. I, you know, a relative of Emmett Till has filed a lawsuit seeking the arrest of the white woman whose allegations resulted in the 14 year old black boys kidnapping, torture and murder nearly 70 years ago. Early this week, Till's cousin, Patricia Sterling, filed a federal lawsuit against Ricky Banks, the sheriff in Left Floor County, Mississippi, seeking to compel the elected official to serve a 1955 arrest warrant against Carolyn Brian Donham. In August of 1955, you know, this is when this happened. So 
Yeah, it's amazing. I'm glad they're showing this story because we have seen in for whole for Holocaust survivors and when they go back, you know, with um in 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 Germany, you they're still finding people who helped kill Jews and they still convict them. So why yeah, not? I I agree. Why not? Why not? Why not take her down? But uh, I have no faith that it will happen. <laughs> For some reason, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, because it's going to be like, well, I, you know, how do they, how do they prove that she, you know what I'm saying? Because the person that was there or the people that were there probably aren't around except for her. Emmett's not around. You know what I'm saying? So how do we even prove it? I don't I don't know. In a court of law, I'm thinking. Well, it depends on what their what the actual charges are. You know what I mean? Are they charging her with um murder? Accessory? Like she I don't think she's the one who like actually killed him, but she triggered the yeah. lynching by her accusation. Like what are the actual charges? Because it, it that's when, um, like a lot of these, we read the articles as just regular citizens reading stuff. But when you get into the actual law and the, the courtroom and these cases and how the lawyers and everybody be breaking these down into these tiny little details, that's when it gets important. Like, all right, so what are the actual charges and how, like Mark said, can this be proven? I don't even, I'm not sure. That's what why you can look are. at the Holocaust. That's why you can look at the Holocaust and look at how they've charged people who were secretaries. Yeah. Right, exactly. So maybe use that as a blueprint. You know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how this stuff that works. Ain't gonna happen. But That's maybe that I'm use saying. that as a blueprint for this. Like, yeah, even though she may not be the one to actually you know, hung them and drug them uh, along the, the truck and, and killed them and all of that and beat them. The results of what she did triggered and started this whole lynching. So maybe use that as a blueprint. I don't, I don't know, but they better hurry up. But she's like 80, 90 or something. Probably, so they better be got the Don't even know. Just lock her up. She don't know. Just tell us an old folk home. <laughs> Because we've seen that. We've seen old um, uh, Jeremy Nazi. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, I've Nazi seen one 90 something. They put him, they're like, yo, you going to put, put you on away. trauma, man. And it, here's the thing is, you know, a lot of people will say, well, how are you going to prove it? Just like I said, how are you going to prove it in the court of law? But uh, Emmett Till wasn't afforded that. You know what I'm saying? It was just, oh, yo, you touched a white woman. They dragged him out of his house. Wasn't no, no, wasn't no trial, wasn't no nothing. So, uh, you know, and now we got to we gotta sit here and give her the respect that he never got uh, and go into trial. I 100% agree with that, Mark. I have a real problem with that. I have a real issue. I wasn't yeah. saying that she should get something that Emmett didn't get. No, that no, no. I'm, 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 saying, I'm, I'm saying the same thing you are. I'm saying that how do we prove? Oh, okay. I'm saying the same thing. I was like, how do we prove this in a court of law? Because I know that's what's going to happen. We're not going to be able to do to her what was done to Emmett. But I just find it ironic that I know that all those things will come up, that people will be like, well, how do you prove it? How do you, nobody's alive. And 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 back then, how did you prove what she said was true? You didn't. You took her word for it and murdered this young kid and drowned him. So it's like, you know, she's getting she's getting something that he never got. 
And she's 89. Like I said, she's got dementia. Just lock her up. She don't know the difference, God dang it. Put her in a goddamn. She got her whole <laughs> life. She but, got what year was that that Emmett Till died? Do the math on how many years of life she got to yeah, live. I know. And living her life. Right. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. It is sad. I that's why I was like hesitant about doing the uh the earthquake toll the of because uh, it's so many sad stories in this. Yeah, Maria, sorry, what's going we got on? A lot of sad stories. <laughs> my interns are just you know they they my assistants they put all these articles and, we, and you know there we, there was a story about two guys falling in an M and M chocolate factory thing about you know my young my new young. Did they live? I was did like, they live? They did. All they right. did live through it. I, I'm, and it was kind of like the Willy Wonka <laughs> chocolate factory. That's what she, I'm surprised <laughs> they live because they, I'm I'm depressed. I'm going to have to log into my therapy. after this. <laughs> well, we did talk about the Super Bowl. That was fun. OK, what, what was your what was your favorite commercial during the Super Bowl? So to end on a lighter note. Do you remember? I think Yamanika. Yamanika was in one. Yeah, she was in the roast. Oh, oh, she was. I didn't see that one. But Jeff was it? Jeff Jeff Ross. Yeah, she was in that one. That one, I was like, yeah. But you know, you didn't get to really see the roast. I think you had to go online to see it. So it's kind of, it was like a teaser kind of. So you really couldn't. I really didn't enjoy it because I was like, ah. There was one with Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. I enjoyed um, I enjoyed the one with Diddy. I I was happy to see Khalif. I was like, oh, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> oh, Khalif was yeah. There? I saw. I remember them doing a song, but I was like, is that Khalif or is that somebody imitating? Yeah. That was Khalees. oh good for her. Yeah, I'm glad she got some. She got a chance. Yeah, That's good. That's good. there there was a couple of little throwback moments in the in the Diddy commercial. Um, what's interesting is. I, I remember a lot of the commercials. I don't remember what the commercials were for. Was that for I Uber know. What was Pepsi it for? I don't even know. I think it was Uber, though. I think These right. commercials be so fascinating, but you forget you don't know what it's for. who it's for. Yeah. Was it Toyota? Was it Doritos? I don't know, but I saw Diddy and Khalid. They had one. My milkshake brings like Yes, I saw y'all. all that. It was funny. <laughs> that was, it was Uber, though. You're right. It was Uber. But they had another one. It was Uber? Okay. They had another one with a bunch of protesters. I was protesters. thinking you meant Hawkins. <laughs> I was like, Khalees got a check. Singer. Oh, the singer. Yeah. Do you know what I realize about commercials? Commercials, although I hate them, I miss them in a sense during, because like I stream a lot more now. So you end up not taking breaks to go to the bathroom. And and so like, I was like, oh, we need commercial. I need a break. Like Abby Crunch, Abby was on here and she had just said this about like, kids now they're like just watching tv all day because there's no commercial break and i'll end up spending like hours just like watching tv like i used to use the commercials to like wash the dishes for a second check my food now i now i don't i kind of miss commercials well i still get commercials on everything because i don't pay the additional money it costs to not have commercials so that's y'all fault it's cheap (laughs) and therefore shit no Vaughn is frugal. Y'all rich people go ahead and pay to not have ads. I'm going to keep all the ads. (laughs) So do you have the low tier on Netflix? I I don't know what I have because I'm still logged into my sister's account. (laughs) Oh, that's about... 
That they're about to oh, clamp, they down clamp down on that. Down. They're coming Vaughn. for you. Guess Netflix what? Police is as coming. soon as they clamp down on it, I don't have Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that'll be interesting because their stock, speaking of stocks, their stocks has been very good. Their stock. Oh oh my God. I remember, remember Mark, I was like, man, Netflix took a dive and I was, and and then I just didn't invest because I was thinking they're just a bad company. Remember Wall Street gave them a bad grade? I invested in them. And then they came out. Yeah, now they're looking good. Really? What I'm not going to do is pay five ninety nine ninety nine ten. It's so many different streaming. It's ridiculous to have. Somebody has to pull all this together. Do one monthly package like how cable was. That's, it's just going to go back to cable, Yvonne. That's cable again. That's what it is. It's going to be cable. And somebody's going to come along yeah, and combine it, 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 and it'll be cable. I'm not going to have fifteen different it's, it's five ninety nine to ten ninety nine bills trying to figure out what to stream. Do a package or or I just I I only watch basketball anyway. I'm tired. I can't. I can't. That's all the storylines I need is the NBA basketball storylines. <laughs> Everything well, else, I, I'm, I'm taking you, a nap. I don't think they're all going to make it. I don't think they're all going to make it as a streaming platform. I don't know. The one that I have, I don't I don't have Paramount. I don't have Peacock. I, I don't. Those two, I don't really I see them and I'm like, I'm not really drawn except for if there's a movie that's on there and I'm like, oh, I wish I kind of had Paramount. Like Amy's stuff is on Paramount. I kind of like Paramount. I would yeah, like, I like to see, see her. You it like looks Paramount? Like it's interesting. They had a commercial too. Yeah, Yellowstone. Yeah. White people love yeah, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. They love yeah, Cowboys yeah. still. Um, and then, but HBO Max, I, ha- I have HBO Max, Hulu I have with commercials. Netflix I have. But it, you're right, Vaughn. It's like it it's too, too much. much. Sometimes it's just like I, come on. But I, like I said, I got in an argument with Spectrum, and I'm like, listen, I cut down everything. I was like, I don't need Showtime. I've watched Showtime all of one time. Yeah, I got, I got to get rid of my uh, Showtime. I, mean, I could just said that. The mayor it's was so the only thing that options. I liked. I spend more time staring at the those little boxes and what I'm going to choose to watch. By the time I figure <laughs> it out, I fell asleep and I watched nothing. <laughs> This has been really great. Look, <laughs> I don't want to keep you guys too long. This has been a very well organized, fun, fast conversation. We covered all those depressing topics really fast. Thank you for triggering all that I need therapy for. <laughs> what would I do without you, Marina? I miss you, Vaughn. I miss our walks. I know. I miss you, too. Uh, I'll be back in New York probably um Maybe in May. No, it's not confirmed yet, so I shouldn't speak okay. on it. But when I come back, I'll um, I'll come in a few days early and try to hang out and stuff, yeah. and not just. I'm coming out. I'm coming out the Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. It's gonna be there. Just the, is it Bria Bram, or Bram? whatever? Bria oh, Bria. So Vaughn, can you tell our listeners what you're doing next? No problem. I'll talk about next month. I'm very excited. Um, first of all, this is Von Carlo. Thanks for having me, Marina. And um, good. my website is funnyvonvon.com. You could get links to all my social media. If you just want to go straight to my social media, 
It's at Von DiCarlo across all platforms, V-O-N-D-E-C-A-R-L-O. Please do follow me. Uh, I appreciate all the support. And next month, I am going to be in Australia. I'm so excited. I'm doing the Humankind Festival, which is a festival of all things. It's going to be a spiritual, uplifting journey for me. And I get to do comedy on Comedy Night at a huge theater. I'm so excited. I get to make people laugh and I'm going to be there for the entire festival, bouncing around all over the place, doing all kinds of retreats and listening to speakers. I cannot wait. This, this I attracted to myself for sure. This is right up my alley. Um, so if you so happen to be at the Humankind uh, Festival at the Luna Park in Sydney, Australia next month, I believe it's March 16th through 17th. I will be there with big smiles happy to be their face 100% I will be posting about it a lot on my Instagram again follow me at Von DiCarlo funnyvon.com for my website for all other shows it's a lot of stuff happening thank you for your support and with friends like us who needs racism (laughs) 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 in therapy said with all the breath in it that was great i was had all the emotion in it mark where can i okay well check me out uh on instagram on i'm mark theobald uh, on uh on instagram i am at the comedy family man it's a lot easier to say that on stage than mark theobald because everybody spells it wrong so i just at comedy family man on instagram uh on twitter it's at mark theo um, in the next couple weeks, you'll see me. I'll be at, I'm touring right now with Tracy Morgan. We're getting ready to shoot a special in May for HBO, and I'm, I'm co-writing it uh, for him. Uh, so you can check us out, and I'll be performing with him. Uh, we'll be in Hartford at the end of February. That's February 24th and 25th, and then the next weekend we'll be at the DC Improv. So come through DC's going. I think that's sold out already. So, uh, but if you can't make it, I'll be at the Hartford uh, Funny Bone, which is the 24th and the 25th. And we're doing that, and we're writing, and uh, just doing a bunch of stuff. I'm pitching a lot of projects, and uh, hopefully you'll see some of them on uh, TV or streaming coming live towards you. Uh, And with friends like us, who needs uh, liquor? You don't need you don't need alcohol when you got friends. You don't, well sometimes sometimes oh, it means maybe yes. sometimes you do. But, but when you got good <laughs> friends to lean on, you don't need that liquor. So so that's what I say. There. I love it. Aw, thank you both so much, Marina Franklin. Here, just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. You can check me out at the Vermont Comedy Club. You know, Vermont is my favorite place in the world. I love Vermont so much. At the Burlington. Vermont Comedy Club. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. And with friends like us, who needs the judgment from preachers when you can judge your, you judge yourself so much? You don't yeah, need that judgment. Hey, Amen. Hey. Check, check, us, check us out. Just like gold, it's so so pure. It purifies my mind and lets my spirit 